Welcome to Healthline by Prudence Davis. I believe that a meaningful life is strongly influenced by our mental and physical well-being. My purpose is to inspire and help others to understand the importance of health in their everyday life. Whether it's related to mental pain, stress or physical challenges, it's especially the long-term changes that I find interesting. We'll be looking into how healthy habits and cognitive processes can be implemented in daily routines so you can be thriving and high on your own supply with help from the best experts around the world. Stay healthy, stay tuned. Welcome to Helpline. My name is Prudence Davis and I'm really, really grateful to get a really nice guest in today, Olga Skalska. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And she's a, a psychologist and she's also a creator of big communities, both online, physically, and then you can take it from there. All right. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much for your <laughs> invitation, first of all. And second of all, yeah. I would like to introduce myself to your audience. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Olga Skalska. I come from Poland. I live in Denmark. Um, and I'm a psychologist and embodiment coach, uh, supporter of women and men <laughs> um, in their struggles, in their mental health, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. So, um, yeah, that's who I am. I build communities. I help people with stress and with uh, life challenges. Um, yeah, and, and resilience, ones. life and resilience. resilience. And then you're also a big dog lover. I am I a dog that. lover. I am a crazy <laughs> I saw that. dog You were like lady. a magnet to the to, <laughs> to Whitney who was here. <laughs> I love that. Good people yeah. uh, and dogs go good together. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's get into your purpose. Mm-hmm. What is your purpose in life? I know it's a big question. Yeah, it's a huge question. Uh, really, really big, but you can answer as good as you can. Yeah. My big purpose in life is to help other people feel more joy, freedom, uh, again, emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, to live their lives in alignment and as authentically as possible. Um and to have healthy relationship first with themselves and then with others. So that's in a nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell, yeah, I <laughs> my, know. My <laughs> life purpose, I guess. It's very dynamic thing when people ask, what's your life purpose? Because I think it changes over time. There is some sort of foundation for it that you know at your core, this is what I want to do with my life. But then when you try different things, you can modify it and pivot it in different ways. So, but I think that the core of what I, of core of my mission is to actually build strong relationships and loving relationships with ourselves, and then spread it to other people. So we have more love and connection um, That's in so the world. Nice. Yeah. And how did you find that purpose? You say you didn't mm. kind of know, but how did you find your purpose? Mm-hmm. Um. For me, that was a long journey and it was up and down because I, for a long, long time, I was very lost um, in who I am and what 
I want to do with my life. Um, so up until I was 25, I was leading my life according to other people's values and according to agenda that was not mine. And that led me to two major life crises, um, existential crises, <laughs> where I started to question my life and how how am I leading it and um, what do I really want, um, not what everyone else wants from me. And uh, when I started asking myself those questions and it became very uncomfortable because I also struggled with anxiety and uh, insomnia and... Uh, yeah, I, it was like an inner conflict I had uh, within in my heart um, and in my soul that was yearning for something else than what I was doing. Um, and because of that whole journey and because of those crises that I um, that I overcame in the end, um, it opened my eyes to. Okay, you need to reassess. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> well, you yeah. need to yeah. you need to really think of what do you want uh, and start start from from there, um, because we usually don't focus on what we want and we go into how. Okay, how am I gonna get more money? How can I get more health? How can I get more better boyfriend? Um, but we don't really define what we want, and that's where we get confused. Uh, because we start with how instead of starting with what. So I needed to go back, back, back and like retreat a little bit and ask myself, what do I really want? And um, and the purpose, the purpose came after those struggles and these healing that I did with myself. Mm, because I wanted to share with other people what I went through and I wanted to share the journey and the transformation I went through myself because I noticed that some things that I've tried, they work. And if they work, maybe if they work for me, they can work for other people. And um, and that's how I did it. That's how I got into my pur purpose of spreading what I found was working for me and sharing it with others. So that's this makes total emotional. sense, and also yeah. having pain as a motivation. Yeah, the pain <laughs> yeah. was my motivation, ma yeah. major motivation. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want other people to suffer as much as I did. No. Um, so I trans, I transmuted my pain into my power, and now even when I when I talk about my my struggles, my burnouts, my uh, trauma healing, my my family issues, my, uh, yeah, everything that I went through, it doesn't put me in shame anymore. And it used to, I used to be ashamed about things that was that happened to me in the past or things that I was growing up with. But now when I own it and I own my pain and it, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me anymore. It, it doesn't have a power over me. And this is what I do a lot in my work is to empower people. Even if they went through insane amount of pain uh, or trauma, they still have a choice. And that is something that I teach uh, in my coaching and in, in my work is to build skills to overcome adversity um, and always feel empowered that I have a choice. Yeah. And then also, yeah, it takes me also to something in regards to 
the relationship you mm -hmm. have with yourself. Yes. That it's extremely important yeah. in, in so many levels and so yeah. many ways. And I also really wanted to know, of course, uh, what is your way uh, of helping other people? And mm -hmm. we talked about the mental part, but yeah. there, I know there is also a physical part that you're connecting. Uh, of course, there is no magical pill. Yeah. Uh, as I can hear also, it's hard work. It's constantly going through a lot of difficult stuff and keeping on going and holding on. And so I can also hear that your journey has not been easy. And mm -hmm. that's important to say yeah. uh, as well. Um, but what, what, how are you helping people? Yeah. Um, and it's good that you are giving that disclaimer in the beginning. <laughs> it's good to tell people it's not an easy route. And um, it's, an, it's a practice. It's, it's a lifelong journey of defining what you want and, and how you're going to get it and how you're going to take care of yourself um, and how you're going to set up boundaries, set boundaries for, for other people to treat you. Uh, so how I help people, I am, uh, I, I help people through coaching. So I have clients online. So I help people from all around, all around the world, which is amazing because um, sometimes we can't find a psychologist or a practitioner that works holistically um, and, or, or we feel connected to. Yeah, and and we can't work with them because there is a barrier of distance. So I always wanted to work online because I believe that when people are in the safety of their own homes and they have a session with me and they go through something painful or something joyful, they can just close their computer and then go and take care of themselves. And they don't have to commute or um, spend their time additional energy on traveling to a place. So I, I really value this way of working that we can be far away from each other, but we can still create that deep connection and and uh, work with different life challenges. Um, so I work online. I do one-on-one -on -one sessions. I have my group coaching program with uh, right now with five fantastic women. Um, and we go through, it's it's a longer program, around five months, where we go through different um, healing of mind, body, and spirit. Um, and I also do embodiment classes. So I'm a officially certified groove facilitator. And groove, for those who don't know, and most of the people don't know, it's an interactive group dance experience where we get to connect um, through the power of music and human connection. Uh, but we don't perform. We actually literally having fun and release tension, release stress through the body um, and through different types of music. Um, and we develop range of, um, of um, confidence, um, empowerment, boundaries. We work with releasing Uh, emotions that are blocked in the body so um yeah that's another way of me helping people i do those classes uh, once a month a bigger event um i also go to companies and do team buildings and uh, that are yeah the, the focus is to create more psychological safety increase vulnerability um and see each other from a bit different angle than an office setting 
Uh, so that's what I do. I also do leadership trainings and, and coaching like that. So I try to help not only individual clients, but also on a bigger scale to help organizations with uh, sustainable performance and balancing work with well-being. Um, so, yeah, that's my focus, well-being in general. Yeah, that's yeah. how I help. Yeah, and that's so, um, yeah, because I saw also, I'm so curious about the whole embodiment also yeah. taking it in, because as you say, when we, you know, focus on our body, it's mm -hmm. nervous system and regulation, like, yeah. why is it a good idea to connect movement with mental health in a way, affecting mm -hmm. it? Yeah, so that's a huge question, mm -hmm. but I'll try to be as uh, concise as possible. So when I finished my psychology degree, Uh, I didn't feel equipped to help people. Uh, and I was pretty disappointed with uh, the whole education. Um, so that's why I actually decided I'm not going to do it for some time. And that was also related to my uh, crisis because I've been studying full-time and working full-time at the same time. That led to a massive burnout. So when I decided, okay, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to explore my life and see what I actually like to do. Um, and I was working most of my life in leadership and uh, working for big, big uh, companies. Mm, but then I turned my life a bit upside down and I went, I, I left Poland. I I moved to Spain first and then to Denmark. Um, and um, I repeated the whole cycle of burnout once again in a different country. Um, long story short, uh, I found myself in Denmark and I um, relived my need for proving myself uh, that I took from Poland, from my upbringing to Denmark. And I repeated the whole cycle of uh, going heavy into work and into proving my worth. That led me to another burnout and anxiety and insomnia. So... When I when I went through another cycle, of course I have had no idea yet that this is my pattern. Um, I went briefly to Spain again because I needed to get away and I needed to find what is going on and what do I really want. Uh, and I discovered um, accidentally. Actually, it was not accident. And now I know that it was. <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I wasn't at the networking event and the woman there, uh, she said that she's a groove facilitator. And um, and I asked her, what what is that? And she's like, eh, it's a, like an interactive group, a group, group dance experience where we where we dance but we do it in our own way and we uh, we embrace each other's uniqueness but in a in a united setting. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to know, what, what's that? Because <laughs> I love dancing and I've always loved body movement and I love music, but I I was never able to follow any choreography. So I was failing at any dance class uh, in the past. So I thought, I had, okay, I don't have a talent, whatever. I'm just not going to do it. But um, when when she said that, I was like, just give me some info. I need to see it. And then I went online And I found the training. It's a global movement. And the next training was in Copenhagen. And I was like, ah, that's not a coincidence. So I signed up for the facilitator training without even attending one class. So my first class was actually at the training. So I didn't know what I'm signing up for. And it was the best thing ever. 
because I fell in love right away uh, with the method, with the with the whole methodology behind it, and how how powerful the method I- itself is. And that opened another world to me when it comes to embodiment and working with the body, because I am a, a very logical person, and. Um, because of some certain things and because of my upbringing and culture, I was heavy dis- heavily disconnected from my body. So I was only operating from the headspace. Uh, and I treated my body uh, as a tool, but I didn't feel any connection that my body feels and my body uh, gets information and communicates with me all the time. Uh, so that was a huge discovery. Um in that training, it started. I started opening up my world, literally, that there is so much more than what I think. That there are, I'm more than just thinking, and that is that was insane. That was overwhelming because I literally started feeling, and it, it's like learning a new language. And that's something that I tell my clients always when they come to me and they're like, "We need to rebuild the connection with your body." Is because it's it's going to be overwhelming because you will discover that you have another language you never knew existed and this is the language of feelings and needs and that information that you get from the body to the mind is 80% of the whole communication we have and only 20% comes actually from the mind to the body that's why traditional narrative therapies are not as efficient as somatic-based approaches. So I don't say that the uh, typical narrative therapies are bad. They are very good. Um, But they're limited in many ways. And I've been talking with many people and listened to frustrations over talking over and over and over again about their past and not being able to move forward and change uh, certain coping strategies or building skills needed to be empowered to to make those changes to to change your thinking patterns your feeling patterns your behavioral patterns uh through practice and repetition through the body uh so that was um a big piece of me learning that psychology great awesome there's lots of theories we can learn and um and there's lots of knowledge there, but there's this massive piece of neuroscience and, and somatic practices, trauma uh, field, that uh, trauma-informed practices that are very powerful in healing. So incorporating that piece into my life and going through everything myself first, because I needed to test it. I needed to heal myself. I went through my own therapies and I've learned different modalities, and I went go. I was exploring breathwork, dance, uh, very alternative, also other practices, <laughs> um, and then opening up my own consciousness um, and my window of tolerance for different um, approaches when it comes to psychology. So when I did that, uh, I felt much more empowered and much more equipped to help other people. And um, yeah, when I got certified in Groove, I started slowly with with uh, the classes and workshops and um, incorporating that mind body. 
in uh, in the corona times when corona hit actually i i decided okay i'm gonna add coaching and i'm gonna go full in into that so um that was a ride it's been a couple of years it didn't happen overnight but uh, it's been a huge learning curve for me uh also opening my heart uh, towards spirituality which i only knew and i was disconnected from mostly because of the religion uh because i've been growing up as a as a christian but i really i didn't really feel connection to that uh to that part of me but when i removed uh, the religion out of the context of spirituality and i learned more about spirituality on and how we can actually um be our own gods in a way and listen to ourselves and and have a deep connection to um our hearts and and uh, be connected to ourselves that that's the core of spirituality for me that i don't need a middleman to to help me connect to myself like i i literally can stay in touch with my my spirit all the time so that was a big piece of as well so spiritual like sp- connecting with the spirit also become a a big piece of my life my personal life and also professional life so now i'm uh, when i'm working i look at the uh the person uh not only in the context of uh, oh this is a person and this is where they live is it's more like okay you live here and this is your environment and you're struggling with that okay let's look at your past let's look at uh, where you are now what is your nervous system what state it is mostly what are your patterns uh how connected are you to your spirit um yeah wh- how's your emotional uh health how's your nutrition uh how's your um, daily what are your daily practices and then i can establish some sort of treatment plan or or um goals towards where you want to be and how you want to feel um as opposed to okay you have a depression here's yeah pop up yeah. some pills yeah. and see you pills. next week yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know it's so yeah but it's so what i'm hearing is also treating the root cause in yes. a way yeah uh, yeah that i and and also how big impact has you know the, the environment has a big impact on us but how big is it really because one thing is you have your own practice mm-hmm. eating healthy blah 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 and then you maybe look at your surroundings your friends close yes. friends your workplace that's maybe talks you know how mm-hmm. big in does it have on our impact on our health in a way and yeah. wellness also yeah mm-hmm. it's a massive it's a massive aspect um and our circle our family itself the place we grew up um has a massive impact on our programming because um science says that we get the biggest amount of uh, programming between uh, up until we are seven years old that the whole subconscious programming happens up, up until we are seven years old so we are like a sponge so whatever beliefs we acquired in that period is going to dictate how we show up in life for the rest of our life if we are not conscious around what is what are my core beliefs about myself and about the world so um if we grew up in poverty that affects tremendously how we 
think and feel about ourselves. Um, if we grew up in a family that was abusive, that's a huge, it's huge impact on how we built relationships with other, pe with other people and what kind of strategies we developed to survive that um, abuse. So the family system itself, it has a huge impact on, on our uh, programming, but also the cultural we grew, grew up with, the religion, um, uh, country, uh, access to education or lack of access, healthcare, everything. It, it's, it's a massive, the environment we grow up in. So we can't just take a person out of the context. It's impossible. We need to look at the whole um, spectrum of the human existence to be able to determine, okay, this is where you are and this is where you want to be. Okay, well, let's, let's assess. Let's just look with kindness of what, what did you grow up with? What was your basic programming? So we can actually take some steps to, to help you uh, reprogram. I always talk to people, especially with people who are like uh, highly logical or IT. Uh, I say, you have a software and we need to update that software. You, it's like you have an iOS and you need an update. That's it. It makes so much like an upgrade. Yeah, upgrade. Yeah, it's yeah. an upgrade. Yeah, Literally, upgrade. it's an upgrade. <laughs> in life. In, in life. Many, yeah, yeah, in, in your ways. software. It's so interesting because um, it makes totally sense. But there is also something in me that's like, um, how do we stay true to ourselves in that healing process? Mm -hmm. Because as you know yourself, it's not easy to heal. It's not, mm -hmm. you can be traumatized again yeah. because you're stuck in the same patterns mm -hmm. and so and so. How do we mm, keep navigating in the healing process? I know that's also mm. a big question, but mm -hmm. like this, something about the relationship we have with ourselves mm -hmm. and something about it's hard to unlearn what you just learned in a yeah. way what you're saying yeah. as well. So, so how do we trace, stay true to ourselves in a way? Mm -hmm. I would <clears throat> always say that taking time and pacing it is the most compassionate thing you can do in the healing process. So building consistent but slow practices over time with the with help of a professional um, is is insanely valuable. Because we can, I I I talk with many people around healing, and people are like, ah, yeah, but I read books, you know, I. I drink my juices and I do my workout um, and I learn a lot and I read a lot, but that's not how you process emotionally uh, things that happen to you. And that's not how you truly heal because when you only read and, and acquire information, it's a way to bypass your feelings as well. So some people end up... Um, acquiring more knowledge as a coping strategy not to feel. So really having someone or community or someone like a group setting or, or individual relationship with someone to witness your pain and be with you in that pain is a massive transform transformation. So how can we stay true to ourselves is to be as compassionate in that process as possible and reach out for help because we are not able to heal on our own. 
I have my therapists, I have my coaches, I have my groups, I have my communities that hold me in my pain. Uh, so I know that it's hard to reach out uh, for help, especially if you grew up in the setting that you never had that. So, but it's, it's impossible to heal on your own. We get wounded in relationships and we heal in relationships. So, yeah, stay true to yourself and find practices that work for you because sometimes we we work with people and, and their practices are not in alignment with who we are or their uh, beliefs around healing are not in alignment with who we are. And that is uh, insanely important to practice discernment. What's for me, what's not for me? And, and I always say try. Try different modalities. Look for what is working for you. Um, and take advice and take uh, help, but always stay centered with yourself. Okay, is this for me? Is this person in integrity to help me? That is very important as well. So, yeah, stay true to yourself. Try things out. Um don't give your power to someone else or expect that someone else is going to do the work for you because that sometimes happens as well that when you have that, oh, please, just give me that pill or please just tell me what to do. It, it is offloading the responsibility on someone else. Um, take responsibility and take that power because you can create change and you can heal. Uh, with, but you need other people to help you. You need that. Everyone needs help. Um, so try things, but get help. It makes so much yeah. sense because as you say, there's also in, when you look at the, now we're in Denmark. So when mm. you look at the Danish culture, there is also something about being, as mm. you say, ashamed of your emotions. Yeah. Uh, it's coming slowly, I think, to uh, companies that they mm -hmm. can see that emotional intelligence is something they have to prioritize if they yeah. want a healthy company. But um, in regards to also creating healthy boundaries, uh, that's mm -hmm. also something uh, I know it's a big uh, subject as well, because... Um, There is boundaries for ourselves and then mm -hmm. other people. And sometimes those boundaries can be uh, bent in a way mm -hmm. when we are, yeah, as you say, having the ego or something mm -hmm. that drive us in uh, our work life, our mm -hmm. private life. Mm -hmm. um, but how can we set healthy boundaries for ourselves in a way in our daily life? This is a big question. Uh, yeah, this is a big question. It depends on... Yeah, so boundaries are insanely important when we know what we want. When we don't know what we want, it's harder to set boundaries because we get um, we get out of power to decide and Taken to have away. clarity. Yeah, of, by the yeah. surroundings. Yeah, understand and yeah. not being. Yeah, able to take your own decisions. Exactly. And, yeah. 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 But but boundary is such a huge topic. Yeah. Um, when you in the healing process, um, setting boundaries is being comfortable with saying no. And women especially, they have a 
they have challenge of saying no because we are programmed as 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 little girls to always be polite and always do things what people expect of us, right? So it is a nervous system work. It is a deeply rooted nervous system work to build capacity to feel okay with saying no to and things, yes to people. to yourself in a way. And no. Yeah, and yes sometimes no, no yeah. to yourself yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah, if you feel like doing something and which is not good for you in the long run, maybe a good for short-term gratification, but not in the long run. So it's building capacity. Boundaries is building capacity to feel safe in saying no. Yeah, because it's mm. so true and it's also, it's taking me into the whole burnout situation mm -hmm. you talked mm -hmm. about, you know, if you maybe said no before or, yeah. you know, and that's also taking it away. And I think that, yeah, everything that comes is some, some sort of lesson for mm -hmm. ourselves. So as yeah. you say, it repeats and repeats, but I think boundaries is a, a great way to start, as you say, yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are so many pillars and and mm -hmm. I think we need to have a session with you again uh, Angelica, because yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. like we but I already feel like you've given us so much information yeah. uh, and I I really think that the whole you know pillars on spirits and mm -hmm. emotional and it's all connected together yeah. and uh, it's it's hard not to see it yeah. as it is right now yeah. but is there something Olga in your practice that you wanted to share something that you do every day that That you mm -hmm. you always go back to in, in some yeah. kind of way. Yeah. So there is a, one thing that I teach and it's like a a very important piece of building up your practice or building up your your safety is bringing yourself back to present moment uh, and checking checking in with yourself how you feel and what you need and developing that habit because it is a habit of asking yourself uh, what do I feel how, how am I right now as a body and spirit and mind together um, and it's something that takes time to build uh, but it can be as simple as stopping two three times a day and asking yourself how do I feel what do I need and Maybe placing one hand on your heart and feeling, how, really, how do I feel? And taking a deep breath, as we did in the beginning before we jumped in, <laughs> right? Yeah. So grounding yeah. yourself and yeah. stopping and getting out of that future when we are worrying and running scenarios and bringing yourself back. Oh, this is where I am. This is what's really ma what really matters. This is where I am. Not that my plan for five years, but this is where I am. This is where the change happens. This is where I have power. This is the present moment. Instead of going into back, into the past and uh, ruminating about whatever happened and being bitter about it. Um, because being in the past or future is a protection mechanism. Because being present is so hard. It's actually hard to be present. So trying to get out of that uh, Drifting from that past or present, uh, past or future, and being in the present, is something that I would like to everyone to practice more, because that's the place where we can actually do something about our lives. 
Um, and asking yourself, what do I fear? What do I need? And and checking in with yourself. What is my posture like? How am I breathing right now? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Do I need to go to the bathroom? Right? So I always give this example um, when I do a workshop and and I introduce that tool of being more present. I tell that we all abuse ourselves in some way. And I have the tendency to not to eat when I'm busy because I'm, I'm too much in the future. So I'm like busy, busy, busy. I'm doing my emails. I'm doing something. And I'm like, I'll drink in one hour because now I'm busy. And that is already creating stress in your body. Because if you are thirsty or, or hungry, uh, your body responds with, with stress. It's stressful for the body. So literally, we abuse ourselves in small ways. Micro, micro, micro abuse. Micro, abuse, yeah, micro yeah, self yeah, abuse. Yeah. And I have tendency to, for example, not going to the bathroom when I need. So I'm like, no, I'm just going to finish this email and I'm, I need to pee. <laughs> but I don't. I need to finish. But also, and that, yeah. that is already yeah. stressful for the yeah. body. Because you're also putting your own needs. Yes. Aside. Aside. Yeah. Work, health. You know, mm -hmm. you know yeah, I understand. So yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But just as you say, being, I don't want to say parenting yourself, but kind of having a loving, kind yeah. approach to yourself yeah. and telling yourself that you're important, you're mm -hmm. more important than mm -hmm. what's than, going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Being yeah. a bit more compassionate and yeah. a bit more kinder to yourself on a day-to-day yeah. -day basis. Yeah. So like when I drink my coffee, drink that coffee. Be present. Feel the cup. Feel the warmth of that cup. And look around. Notice where you are. And that is as simple, but we don't do it. No. It's, it I sounds know, simple, but it it's not easy. Yeah, it's all uh, on the bike with the phone. With mm. the exactly. We're on the phone yeah, when we drink phone. coffee, yeah, when yeah. we eat, when we yeah. look at the, at the screen. No. It's literally we're losing. Yeah. The spring is out. And then Notice you don't even it. remember yeah. what, no. what, what did I do yesterday. <laughs> no. You don't it's remember. True. No. Because you were not present. Right. And I catch myself doing that as well. When I'm biking all around Copenhagen and when I'm in like, I need to go there. Then I go and then I was like, I don't remember how I get here. <laughs> I know that it's true. That's and then you have music in your ears yeah, and you're yeah. just like on Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And I start, yeah. started changing that. So I don't put headphones sometimes and I just bike. It's so true. Yeah. And I look around and then I notice where I am. I I feel the 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 air if it's mm. cold, if it's warm. I feel the sensations in my body. So I actually feel that I have a body. <laughs> yeah. And it's also and I think the next thing we got to talk about is digestion, digesting yeah. because I feel like that's been a lot of what we've been talking mm. about. How can you digest everything that's going on and yeah. the emotions and yeah. the process. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and build the capacity yeah. for the body to feel. Yeah. Because I I work a lot with trauma and with people who had to disconnect like I did in my in my my uh, younger life, my previous still young this yeah. disembodied lifestyle was that I didn't feel safe to feel. It didn't. I had to disconnect from my body in order to survive. Uh, being in the family that was completely emotionally unavailable, or um, yeah, not feeling feeling safe at home or not being seen or heard. I needed to 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 disconnect from my body in order to survive that. But when I found safe, 
space and I was researched enough to heal, I could reestablish that connection with my body. So now I know that my body communicates with me all the time and it's not against me. It's never against me. It just wants me to slow down. It wants me to take care of myself. It wants me to be in alignment with who I am, not compromise my my authenticity for for in order to fit in. Because the body is is always knows first, before your mind. So taking care of that body and and um feeling all the sensations that are present and building the capacity to, to expand even if it if it's uncomfortable. That's the true true healing work when we actually expand that window of tolerance for for discomfort for uh, pain not only and also bringing joy back because so many of us including me I was so disconnected from feeling joy because the only familiar was pain and and um, work 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 so for me reestablishing the connection with play with fun with pleasure that was the whole new world that I had to discover because it was not familiar. That's so, yeah. And that only happens yeah. through the body. It cannot happen through your mind. That's so, yeah, but it's so thought-provoking in so many mm -hmm. ways because I feel like in the society we have right now, it's very focused on, you know, resolved performing. Yeah. Uh, but there are so many great things to happen again in resting mm. and digesting as well. Yes. So, yeah. uh, and that's also productive. That is super yeah. productive. And yeah. I think that we got the whole modern Western society got it all wrong. Mm. It's like in the car. I always take to people, you are a car, let's say, and you have gas and a brake. That's it. You need to, in order to have a smooth ride, you need to use gas and the brake. Otherwise, you're going to crash. If you're only on the gas, you're, you're going to crash. It's as simple as that. But our society somehow decided that we don't need that rest. And you can see that everywhere in the world, in the nature. We don't respect nature. We don't treat it as a home. We treat it as a hotel. Yeah, that's another big thing. Yeah, that's and another then, big thing. And then and it's also coming back to basic yeah. things in a way. It's so funny to, you know, unlearn all the patterns. And yeah. then it's being crazy to take a walk, walk in nature. And, mm. you know, we have all the resources yeah. and we always have them. Mm -hmm. But as you say, we never respected them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. I'm going to say thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We opened no, up so many Pandora boxes. <laughs> you know what? I'm really, really excited um, after this talk. And it's uh, I'm I'm reflecting while we are speaking because you you are resonating, I think, with many people in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And you are such an important voice. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really um, hope you keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you uh, so much. I'm really, really grateful for your time and... Uh, you're a woman that I really look up to and I, I think you. your work Likewise. is amazing <laughs> but you're really amazing thank you. and uh, so important so uh, thank you so much for coming and definitely coming back thank oh, you yeah, I would yeah. thank you for the invitation <laughs> and for welcoming me so nicely in this place uh, of course, and for your work yeah. and for you also oh, spreading okay. yes. embodiment eh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a holistic approach because yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to we need to spread that word. We need to let people know that they are not alone. Not alone. No. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much.
I know a big thing for me is getting high on your own supply with food, moving, breathing, and prioritizing your sleep and reducing your stress level. But I love to use um, external tools sometimes. And a tool that's been working really great for me in my everyday life is using CBD oil Cannavita. I use two or three drops before bedtime. It helps me uh, get into sleep mode better. And then it's also creating a nice calm state in my nervous system. I like to uh, implement it in my daily life just to get support and uh, more resilient to the stress that we're all facing in the everyday life. So I am really grateful to uh, also be sponsored by Canavita in this health podcast that I'm creating. So yeah, thanks a lot to Canavita for making this possible. And uh, Canavita is able at um, their website, you can purchase the CBD there. There are different uh, strengths. I like to use the 20% um, CBD oil because it has a really nice high quality uh, it's also organically produced and it's uh, the production is in switzerland but it's uh, moving here to denmark slowly so there is a high high quality in their uh, products and i've tried many many cbd products uh, not in a high quality and not with the biggest effect but uh, cannavita i can definitely recommend also if you're feeling stressed if you have anxiety if something else of course you should go to your doctor but um definitely it's it's worth trying out so um thank you to canavita for this one